let's turn our, our bible to the book of uh, john's gospel chapter 15 verse number 13 in the passion translation um it said for it said for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all and this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends so the greatest of love is a love that sacrifices so if you want to know what true love is true love does what sacrifice and the word sacrifice means to give up to give up to sacrifice to give up and that's exactly what jesus did he sacrificed his life for us he gave his life for you and i and may i share something with you, church if you want to know how you spell love love is spelled as r-e-d red <laughs> because love is not just a color love is a person jesus proved this love by bleeding he didn't just tell you he loved you but he bled his love for you and i if you want to know what your worth or your value is don't look at your bank account don't look at the car you drive don't look at the house you live in if you want to know how precious how valuable you are you look at the cross the cross is proof that you are loved by god can i get them in this morning you are loved by god yes you are loved by God unconditionally. Here's what I found that there's nobody in this world that can ever love you like God loves you. <laughs> and God doesn't wait for you to get your life together before you come to him. Rather, he made the resources available for you to get you together so you can have a relationship with him. And I think that is so awesome. So this morning, you have no reason to feel worthless. You have no reason to feel like less than. Your worth is not determined by what you have or what you don't have, by who is in your life or who is not in your life. Your, 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 your worth is determined by the price Jesus paid for you on the cross. Help me tell somebody, you are valuable to God. You are valuable. Yes, you are. You are precious to God. You are valuable to God. Whether you have a job or not, you are valuable to God. Whether your dreams have come to pass now or not, you are still what? You are valuable to God. Amen. So this morning, we want to talk about repositioning or positioning your relationship for success. How do you position your relationship for success? Now, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 29, in the New Living Translation, Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Now, the Kim James Version says, you are in error because you don't know the scripture and you don't know the power of God. So, so, so many of the, look at the Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err or the word error or you make mistake or you are missing it in two areas number one you don't know the scripture and you don't know what the power of god can accomplish in your life so many of the mistakes we are making is because we don't know what god's word said in our lives about relationship because when you discover what god says about relationship with your spouse with your friends, with your co-workers, and you make a decision to begin to apply God's word in that very area, that is the key to living a stress-free life. So, my point is this. 
what makes things hard is ignorance. Not ignorance about mathematics, not ignorance about biology, but ignorance about what the word of God says. The Bible says, you shall know the what the, you know, you remember? You shall know the truth, and the truth that you know will do what church? Will free you up. So what makes marriage hard is ignorance. What makes parenting hard is ignorance. Ignorance of what? Well, you don't know what God's word said about your marriage, about your about co-workers, about your friends. The absence of God's word makes things hard. For instance, if you give me watch now and say, hey, pastor, can you fix this watch? It's going to be very difficult for me. You know why? Because I, I'm ignorant about how to make watch work. I'm ignorant about that. So if you are married right now, or, or you're having difficulty in your friendship, or in your marriage, or in parenting, Jesus said the reason why you are missing it, the reason why things are hard on you, is because you are ignorant. You don't know what the word of God says about how to relate to your husband, how to relate to your wife, how to relate to your friends. Ignorance makes things hard. Proverbs chapter 13 verse number 15 says, the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of what church? The way of the transgressor is what church? Hard. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. The King James Version says, the way of what? The transgressor. It's a good understanding, give a favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. The word transgressor there is ignorance. <laughs> when you don't know. So look at your life right now. Any area of your life where things are hard is because of the absence of knowledge of the word of god if your marriage if if you guys are on, at each other's throat fighting all the time can't get along it's because of what church is wisdom mike murdoch says something he said you don't have a marriage problem you have a wisdom problem you don't have a money problem you have a wisdom problem hello church amen now look at your marriage. Look at your life. Look at the relationship that God has placed in your life right now. What makes it hard is what church? Come on, help me now. It's what church? Ignorance. When you don't know what the word of God says about your husband, about your wife, about being a mother, about being a father, it makes things hard. I'll tell you what. This morning, uh, I, I, we, we, my, my wife and I were getting ready for church and we didn't get quite of a good start this morning. You know, we had some challenging start this morning. And my flesh wanted to react. I'm telling you. I keep telling myself, boy, you better hold on, boy. You I, keep, I keep talking to myself. You, you, you better hold on. You better hold on. You better hold on. Hold on. No, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Because if you go there, that's going to trigger your wife. That's going to trigger other things. Exercise. I keep hearing the love is patient. Love is patient. But this is an opportunity for you to demonstrate love for your wife by being patient with her. But if I don't know the scripture, I'm just going to let my flesh hang out and 
You people probably wouldn't even see me this morning if I went there. <laughs> well, you too, you're going to have opportunities like that. You're going to have opportunities for your marriage. For Look, in, at Overcomers, we keep it real. <laughs> just like you have opportunities, I have opportunities too. But I just and I am not going there this morning. Have you ever had to talk to yourself like that before? On your job, you say, I am not going there. And sometimes you have to go to the restroom and say, I am not going there. I am not going there. I am not going there. <laughs> so what makes things hard is what, church? Come on, help me now. Ignorance makes things hard. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus says something in Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28 till 38. Here are the words of Jesus. Jesus is given an invitation. He says, are you, are you weary? Are you stressed out? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. So you see, if you're stressed out, if your marriage is stressing you out if your children are stressing you out there is no mother or father here whose children don't present an opportunity for you to be stressed <laughs> maybe it's me alone in our household my wife is the referee in our house oh because my son oh my god I have to talk to myself. He's a seven years old. His brain is still developing. He doesn't finish developing till 21 years. I'm talking to myself because I'm reminding myself he's seven years old. But I'm saying some of the things he does is not a seven years old. I want to go there. And God said, you can't go there. <laughs> you can't go there with him. Looking back. I am so grateful to God. He did not answer my prayer by giving me twins. As I prayed for twins. <laughs> no, you know, I prayed, oh God, I want twins. I wanted twins because I guess what I saw on TV. But they don't show you the other side. <laughs> I mean, you, you had twin girls. Some of you had twin girls. Yeah, yeah, mother, what you have to... I say, God, thank you so much for not answering my... Can you imagine if you had given me two boys? Anyway, let me put it this way. If he gives you twins, he will give you the grace to manage them. He didn't give me twins, so I don't have the grace for twins. So if you ever got twins, don't worry about it. There's the grace of God to help you handle that. <laughs> Woo! Are you, are, you, are you getting blessed this morning, church? Let's continue back to our scripture. So Jesus said, come unto me. Or you, some people think that this is just for sinner. No, this is to the believer. To the one that is stressed out. To the one that is struggling. To the one that is having issues. He said, it's an invitation. He said, come unto me. Are you weary? Are you tired? Are you stressed out? Are you carrying burdens? He said, come to me and I will do what? I will refresh you. The King James Version says, I will give you rest. There are people whose marriage is, is restless. The relationship with your spouse is restless. The, the, any area where you are restless is because you have not learned the, how to do things God's way. 
So verse number 29, Jesus continues in, in verse number 29. He said, come on. No, I've, I've read. Okay. Verse 29. Say, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. Learn my ways. Learn my ways. In other words, see how I do things. Learn my way. Become a student of my way. Because my way is different from your way. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your way. The ways of God will lead to the highways of life. You want to live above stress? You want to live above crisis? You want to live above struggle? Then adopt the ways of God. Here's what he said. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment or you will find rest for your soul when you discover how I do things. So any area of your life where you are not doing things God's way, you are going to have stress in that area. So if you and your husband are having fight, can't get along, or you and your children are at each other's throat, somewhere, somehow, and this is frustrating you, and you are restless, what Jesus says, because you haven't yet learned my way yet. Because when you learn my way, my way will always lead to rest. God wants you to rest in your marriage, rest in parenting, rest in your relationship, but the key is you need to find out how I do things. How many of you, if you want to bake a cake, I've never baked a cake. Maybe you want to bake a German chocolate cake, which happened to be a very good cake. You've never baked a cake before, and you want to bake one. What do you do? You find a book called Recipe. You take the book, and, and, and you apply all the, the ingredients in syntax and in sequence if you miss it they'll tell you the timing if you follow the recipe you will end up with a very nice german cake so jesus came to earth he lived this life for 33 and a half years and he demonstrated to us how to have a stress-free life but not only did he do that he put it in a recipe book called the bible and if you follow that recipe, then you will have the kind of quality. Jesus came here. He lived a stress-free life. He lived a life that was void of stress. And he demonstrated. He left an example for us to follow. But if you ignore the ways of God, if you, make, you want to do it the way your mommy did it, the way your daddy did it, or the way you, you found out, you are going to mess up. But if you, you follow, how does God do things? How does the parent how does he husband how does he wife how do, what kind of a friend is he to his friends so we have to follow the ways of god so jesus said if you do things my way the end result for doing things my way is rest say amen this morning church look at what the, the but the bible tells us in proverbs chapter 13 verse number 13 that if you if you if you ignore god's instruction if you ignore god's if you frown or despise god's instruction that will get you in trouble you can make note of that if you ignore god's instruction god's instruction he who despises the word will be destroyed but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded he who frowns what is he saying this morning church if you if you see the ways of god the bible says you should treat your wife this way or you should treat your husband this way and you despise it 
and you ignore it and you say I don't want to follow that. You know, there are some people who believe that the Bible is antiquated. It's not relevant today. <laughs> you are completely messed up. The Bible is relevant for all time, for all season. Come on, have you read the Bible lately? The Bible already figured all these things that are going to happen and it already addressed. There's nothing you're going through right now that the Bible doesn't have the answer for it. The answer is in the word of God. So the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 13, the wisest men that ever lived on earth, Solomon said, if you frown at God's word, if you despise his word, if you discard his word, he said you will be destroyed. Many marriages have been destroyed because they discard God's word. Many relationships are, are not working. Why? Because they frown on his word. They figure that they can improve on his word. That they can do better than his word. Folks, I've tried it and it didn't come out right. And many of you have also done the same thing as well. You've tried it as well. That it doesn't work. You can never improve on the word of God. Can I get an amen this morning, church? You can never improve on his word. So how do you position your marriage let me talk about marriage first of all and then i'm going to talk to some of you who are single people but let me talk to you about marriage how do you position your your your, your marriage for success the scripture tells us in matthew chapter 7 from verse number 24 jesus tells us the story of two people about the wise builder and the foolish builder he talks about anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it He's wise. When you hear the word of God and you begin to make adjustment with your life, you begin to adjust your life, your parenting, your husbanding, your wifing, or your friendship. When you adjust your life according to the word of God, the Bible says you are a wise individual. But when you choose not to apply God's word, the Bible says you are a fool. There are a lot of foolish people today. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it, 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 it's, it's foolish. Like a person who builds a house on what church? On a sand. And it says, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will do what church? Cloud with a mighty crash. In other words, the reason why some people's marriage doesn't go the distance is because they are building their marriage on a sand. The reason why you are going through what you're going through right now is, is what either both of you or one of you are not you are not using the word of God as your foundation. And so what happened was that when the wind came, when the flood came, when crisis came, when hard times came, your, your, your marriage is not withstanding because you are building it on tradition. You are building your marriage on what you saw on television. And if you build your marriage or your relationship on television or what you see, I'm telling you, it will not withstand. It can be the storm of sickness. It can be the storm of a financial crisis. It can be one, one storm of the other will come. Folks, just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you are immune from the storm. Being 
being a Christ follower does not immunize you from the challenges of life. Rather, it prepares you and gives you the tools you need to be able to withstand the pressure of life. So if you want your marriage to go the distance, you build on the foundation of God's word. If you want to, to raise your, your, your parenting as a mother, as a father, you make sure you use the principles of the word of God. Don't ignore God's word and wonder why your children will not turn out the way they should turn out like. Let's go back to that very scripture again. Then it tells us about the, the second group of people. One built their house on a sand. It did not work. The other one built their house on a rock. Look at that. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follow it is, a, is wise. Like a person who builds a house on what church? On a solid rock. Now look at what happened. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on what church? On the rock. You know, this semester we are learning about building your finances on a on a solid how many of you like the first lesson already on uh on, on live group zoom well some of you don't know what we're talking about but you are really missing out you are really really missing out uh, in my live group this semester we're talking about how do we build our finances on the rock of of the word of god doing it god's way building your finances God's when you ignore God's principle your finances are not going to turn out well when you ignore God's principle your marriage is not going to turn out the way God wants it to turn you know there are a lot of people who are married and they and they are they are looking for a way out they are regretting they are feeling bad they are saying I wish I didn't do this they are saying but it's too late now you just stick in there and make it work See, you're not excited about that one. You're married. That's all. Yesterday, and this is yesterday, we had a a, a couple's uh, breakfast and 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 panel of discussion yesterday. I thought it was so good. Ali and Charlie, they did a great job yesterday. Yesterday, we had we had different classes of people we had people who just got married on the panel we had another panel who were uh, to be married cross-culturally you are an, an american and then married to another culture what are the issues it just dealt with yesterday then we have the issues of blended family you, you brought your children i brought my children how do we make it work how do we make second marriages work all these issues were addressed yesterday why it's our commitment to you as, as, as members of this. And it's for singles, it's for married, it's for engaged. Some of you came. Some of you figure, I don't really need that. I mean, and it's okay. But yesterday, I was here. It was so much fun. It was the panelists, they air out, they shared. And I thought, those of you who came yesterday will agree with me. It was a phenomenal uh, uh, meeting yesterday. Your enthusiasm overwhelms me. It was really great. But it's to help you. You know, we live in a time where we talked about marrying outside your culture. Okay, you're an American. And, and, and like me, I, I'm born in, in Nigeria. My wife is born in Roanoke, Alabama. We are coming from two different areas. Upbringing, culture, worldview. How do we make that marriage work? And we have a lot of people in our church who, and these days, you cannot insist on saying, I must marry somebody within my... No, no, no. Look, you need to expand. <laughs> I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you married. Amen. 
Yeah. No, 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 don't stick. You know, people that I'm going to marry somebody from Roanoke. If I am from Roanoke, we have to go to the same high school. Well, guess what? There are not enough of them to go around. No, look around. The world is bigger than that. Can I get him in this morning, church? I'm telling you, and then we talked about international dating, the difficulties, the challenges. What was it talk about? I don't know if you all deal with Facebook, because I had to go somewhere about Facebook dating in the age of the pandemic where people are not coming together. How do you now meet people? And what are the dangers of dating online? And how do you make sure that the picture you see on Facebook is their current picture? Oh, you all know people do things like that? Yeah, they take their baby picture. And not only that, but you have to make sure that the tools they were born with, they are still keeping the original tools that God gave to them. But because people have gone and, and trade off and gotten more equipment in and so you don't even know who you're marrying. So you need to, when you meet somebody, if you want to date somebody, tell them to show you their baby picture when they were two years old or three years old. That's the time in which you are living in or else you're going to think you are with a man but by the time behind closed doors and all the everything start coming off you discover that you are in for a very big disappointment that that's the world we are living in right now that's the world I am, well, I'm not there. I'm glad I'm not there. It's a jungle out there. I pray for you single people, man. I pray for you, God. Let them, one of the things that can really mess you up is to hook up with the wrong person. Financially, emotionally. Do you know some people have left God because of a bad marriage relationship? They've left, they've, they've, some people come there and they want to take you away from God. God does not want you to hook up with anybody. I've, I'm telling you what I know because there are people in our church here that were on fire for God. They love God, but they hooked up with the wrong person. Anybody who tells you you don't have to go to church, you don't have to serve God, you don't have to do that. The Bible says, blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But you want to marry somebody whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Somebody who delights in God. Somebody who delights in the word of God. Not somebody who says, you are going to church too much. I don't need you in my life. Don't want anybody to corrupt your zeal, your passion, and your commitment to God. You don't want anything like that in your life. Am I helping anybody this morning, church? Yeah. So how do you broaden your horizon? When I was a single person, I was going to get married. My getting married was, well, the person must be from Nigeria. No. I'm looking for somebody who has certain qualities and characteristics. And that means if that person is from, uh, I mean, Zamba Zama, I don't care where the person comes from. Yeah. I don't care where the, because, you know, number one, I'm looking for somebody who is committed to Jesus Christ. That's number one. As a single person, your number one criteria for what you're looking out in the man is not his muscles, it's not his bank account, it's their relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not, are you, you're not helping me this morning, amen. But let's go back to what we're doing. I'm coming to you guys, single people. I'll, I'll be right there. But let me, let me talk to my married people right now. So we need to build our marriage on the rock of God's word. Now, if you want result, 
in John's gospel chapter 2, the Bible says, when they wanted wine, Mary said to them, look at that, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. I'm going to read it very, very quickly. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding and when they ran out of wine, here's what I found out. Every marriage, if you are not paying attention, there will come a time when you will run out of wine in your marriage in your relationship you know what wine signifies joy <laughs> happiness laughter that's what wine. the bible said when they wanted laughter or when they wanted joy when they wanted happiness the mother of jesus said to them they have no wine and there are many of you watching me on streaming live and there are some of you in this room here the wine has run out of your relationship and all you have right now is sour grapes. But not to worry. As long as you invite Jesus into your home, into your marriage, I don't care how sour your marriage is, he can restore joy back to your marriage. You guys are not encouraging me this morning. And let me bring my own amen with me. Amen. See, these people are very wise people. Why do I say they are wise? They invited Jesus into their, into their marriage. They invited Jesus into their home. They brought him in. When you bring Jesus into your wedding, into your home, into your marriage, there is nothing going on that he can fix. He can put your marriage back together. Come on, are you with me right now, church? He can fix it. He can heal it. He can restore joy back to your marriage again. The Bible said when they wanted wine, Mary said to the disciples, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. His mother said to the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. You want a good marriage? Do what Jesus tells you to do. You want to raise champions in your home? Do what Jesus tells you to do. You want to have a solid home? You want a marriage that can go the distance? Then the key is what? Do what Jesus tells you to do. That brings me to this. What did Jesus say the man should do to his wife? I'm glad you've asked. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Here is what Jesus says to the man. And to the husbands, you are to what? You are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us. His bride. For he died for us sacrificing himself so if i want to have a good marriage if i want a marriage that will go the distance that the, the, the jesus say you love your wife the way i love the church the question is how did he love the church what did he do to demonstrate his love for the church what did he do he sacrificed his life for if I'm going to be, if my home is going to last, if my marriage is going to last, I have to be willing to sacrifice myself for my wife. And to sacrifice means to die. Let me share, guys, let me share something with you. The first two we got married, you know, you know, you know, young love, young love. Okay, you all don't know what young love is. When we first, I said, God, I love my wife so much, I will die for her. And then so I was watching football game. 
And my wife said, honey, can you go to the store and pick up something for me? No, I'm watching TV. And then while I'm watching TV, I began to hear this at the back of my mind. Dying for your wife, going to the store, which one is easy for you? I start calculating, dying. Dying, as in, in other words, I'm no longer in existence. But I can go to the store, come back, and I'll still be here. Man, I rushed out of that house with the key and ran to the grocery store to pick up whatever she needed. Why? I, let me die this way. Am I, am I helping anybody this morning, church? I am to play in my wife's life the same role jesus played for the church what role did he play he sacrificed he gave up his life he gave up his right he everything he did was for the betterment of the church to add value to the church to make the church better as a matter of fact if you look at that scripture it talks about the washing of water by the world and to the husband you are to demonstrate and to make us holy and pure cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of god what does that mean that means as a husband i must use my words to shower on my wife i must build her up and not tear her down i can tear her down i must through my words and what i'm saying i must one of the mistakes people make is that words evaporate words don't evaporate Watch that we say, if you keep saying it over and over and over, they go somewhere and they lodge there for a lot of time. They don't just go away. And so a wise man, Jesus, look at the way God describes the church. He calls the church beloved. Come on now. Is that right, church? What are the other words Jesus or Paul used to describe the church? His bride? You don't know the words Jesus used to describe? His bride? What else again? We need to do a stuff. You say what? Beloved. Beloved. Hello? What are the words that he used for his bride? You say what? Workmanship. In other words, what about he says that he has engraved you on the palm? Let me use the model. He has tattooed you on the palm of his hand. Another word, the way he describes the church is like, you are the apple of my eyes. So what God uses the word, God never tears the church. When I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the ch- you, 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 you. God never uses words to tear you down. Call you, you no good piece of wood. You know what? You are not. No, no, no. He uses words. He calls you an, an overcomer. More than a conqueror. You are loved. You are precious. You are accepted in the beloved. You are valued. He said, said husband. That's the same way you have to wash your wife with words. Not just your wife, but your children. That means I have to be very careful. I, I say to myself, be very careful what words you say. Because these this words are going to follow your son into his adulthood. You can mess him up now. Or you can set him up to be blessed for the rest of his life by speaking words. Not only do I watch that I don't speak negative words, but I don't allow anybody to speak negative words on my child. Amen, church. You know, you remember uh, a man by the name of Balak 
try to curse his bride. The book of Numbers, chapter 23. And God said, no, 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 no. I've blessed them and nobody can curse them. The power of the blessing is stronger and greater than the curse. You guys are very quiet today, but I think, I, I, I pray that I'm really connecting and resonating with you. Let's go back to that scripture about, about how the husband should treat the wife. The same scripture, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to continue that again. All that he, oh, look at that. All that he, Jesus, does in us is designed to make us a, a mature church for his pleasure. Until we become a source of praise to him. Glorious, radiant, beautiful, holy, without fault or flaw. My God. In other words, this is how this is this is what he does for the church. So as a husband, I'm so I'm I'm to I'm to make my wife glorious, radiant, beautiful, holy. Holy means set apart without fault or flaw. Let's go further. Husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives the same way they love and care for their own body. And to love your wife is to love your own self. So one of the proof that you love yourself is you do what church you love your wife. When you see a man beating his wife, he has some underlining issues. He doesn't really like himself and he's acting it out on his wife. Say amen. So, so, so when I got married, my wife and I, we made a, de a decision. We are not going to use the word, certain word in our home. We are not going to use the S word in our home. Separate. We are not going to use the D word, divorce in our home. That's not going to be a part of our vocabulary. We ain't going nowhere. We are stuck. Are there issues here? But we're going to walk through issues. There is no exit clause here. We are here. You know, they ask uh, Evelyn Roberts, some of you, or a Robert's wife. They say, have you thought of divorce? He said, no, but I've thought about murder. <laughs> what he's saying is that divorce is not an option for us. Now, I need to put an exclaimer. I'm not saying if your husband is beating you and slapping you. Or let me not just say husband. There are husband beaters this day. There are some King Kong Bundy that will beat their husbands. <laughs> Can somebody say amen this morning, church? So, so let me share this with you. So, so what, what, uh, so, so let me, I broke it down. What does, what, what does it mean? What does your wife want? Your wife wants you to love her. He said, love the wife. But see, what, is love to a woman is not what love is to a man. The word how a man understands love is different from how a woman understands love. So what is love for 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 for, for a, a wife? Uh, that you sacrifice for her. You go out of your way to make sure that they are taken care of, the family is taken care of. You know, another one is to support her, support her. You know, in other words, when I met my wife, <laughs> my wife, uh, when we first met, she had a, uh, I mean, uh, my wife philosophy before we met was, 
as long as I can pay the monthly payment on my credit card, I'm going my, my wife had every credit card known to man. She had it. She had a book of it. So when we got married, I had to perform a plastic surgery by destroying some of those cards. We, we have to do that. But when, I, when we met her, she, she, her death ratio was very high, you know, but once we got married, I inherited that. We have to, now it's my debt. It's no longer just her debt. I don't say, well, that's your debt. You take care of your debt, then we get, no, no, no. It's winner takes all. If I'm marrying you, I'm marrying your debt. I'm take- so we walk together until we paid it off all together because if we don't take care of it, it's going to have an effect on us tomorrow. Amen. Come on, say amen, church. So love for a woman means you sacrifice to her. It means you support her. It means you show her affection. Love for a woman is you show me affection. You, you pay attention to me. You compliment me. You tell me that, you know, my hair is... You know, there are some men that even if their wife does a mohawk, they still don't even see what just happened. But you, you pay attention to that then. Uh, hello, guys. Are you guys... Am I talking to you over here? Amen. Okay, show her affection. Make things easy on her. Make things easy on her. Every day I'm wondering, how can I make things easy on my wife? My wife has health challenges. My wife has issues. Do you know that since uh, uh, some of you, you met my wife like this, but she was not always like this before. When we married, she was not like this. It's health challenges. I had to go through a lot myself. I had to go through. And as a pastor, we don't get to te- I don't get to tell you everything. But I'm telling you, since my wife became, have health challenges, I have developed more in my work with God, in my relationship with Jesus Christ than before. Because character is, is developed not when things are going well. Character is developed when tough times show up. No, when everything is going well, that's not where character Character is not developed, you know, when you just got a new job. No, no, no. It's difficult moment. It's challenging moment. It's difficult. I mean, that's where character. When I say character, I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit. That's what character is. Those nine fruits, those are the, the character of Jesus. That's the fruit of Jesus. That is what God wants to develop within every one of us. Look, folks, I am now better off than I was before. I mean, can you imagine if... My wife came into my wife first, and she, my life, she helped me to develop impatience. Can you imagine if she hadn't come first to develop me, and my son just showed up like that? I don't know where I will be right now. <laughs> but I've developed now. So, so my job is, I want to make things easy. When I get up every morning, how can I make things easy for my wife? How do I take the stress off of her take the pressure off of her take the button off of her i want i want to do i want to i want to serve i want to do everything when we get home at night she say honey my feet are swollen i get the whistling you know what i'm doing i'm ministering to her i'm rubbing the feet And for, let me tell you this, when there's a football going on, I volunteer to rub her feet. Okay, you don't get it. What I mean by that is that the moment I rub her feet, she gets to sleep. The whole remote is all in my hands. I... <laughs> Every time I rub her feet, she goes off. I mean, sometimes I'll tell her, no, I'm off tonight. I'm off. I'm, I mean, I'm off today. I'm not rubbing feet today. 
but then when i say that i'll go back i say no this is going to bless her this is going to minister to her this is going to be a blessing to her let me just go ahead and and do it then i i go on and i rub it 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 he said oh honey this is so good i say if you love it put a ring on it i mean give me a tip Now, what am I doing? I'm laying my life down for her. I'm sacrificing for her. I'm trying to make things easy on her. If this is going to bless you, if this is going to minister to you, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a blessing to you. Can I get an amen this morning, church? Uh, help with the children and the household. One of the, the things that we, uh, many wives complain is that their husband don't want to do anything. We live in a time when we have both, are both working. You went to work, I went to work. And then we come back home. No, 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 no. You help me with the children. If you have to bathe them, if you have to cream, whatever you have to do. Look, if, if you want, to, if, if, if you want, if you want to, to have the marriage that goes the distance, help her with it. Don't leave it all up to her. Be kind and gracious to her. Have compassion on your, on your, on your, on your, on your wife. Be, be. Sometimes I look at my wife. Look. My, my wife said something to me that really, really, uh, she said to me, uh, that was last year. She said to me, honey, if you are not in my life, I know I would have been dead. He said, I would have quit. I would have given up. Last year during the pandemic, I look into my wife's eye and I'm seeing something that I know this is not her. I see, you know, the challenges, you know, frustration and wanting to give up coming in i had to take the word of god and begin to minister to her i had to begin to speak to her say listen to me all the days that pointed onto you on earth you will fulfill every day of it you ain't going nowhere what am i doing i'm speaking god's word into our life i'm ministering god's word to us you will not die i rebuke the spirit of death over your life i command you to live in the name of jesus christ i began to speak the word of god into her life that's my job you ain't going nowhere I say you can still fulfill your destiny. Look, we've prayed for your healing. We believe God for your healing. But if he chooses to heal you or not, whatever happens, God is still a good God. God is still a faithful God. He is still God, regardless of what happened. And I said to her, you fulfill your purpose. You have ministry in you. You have some, you are an administrator. You are a gifted person. You will stick to what God has assigned you to do. Come on, say amen. Amen. And as husbands, we have to be able to speak into the lives of our children. Women go through all kinds of difficult situations. Self-esteem issues. And so a husband will have to speak into their life. You are valuable. You are precious. I'm glad I'm married to you. You are not a mistake. I did not make a mistake. You are the right person for me. If I have to do it again, I will marry you again. What are we doing? We are using words to wash our wives. We are speaking to their self-esteem. Are you hearing me in our church? Not tearing your spouse down and calling them names. You know, because of time, let me go further. So, okay, now let's look at now, this is what Jesus said, husbands should treat their wife. Let's see what he said, wives should treat their, their husbands. And that's efficient. The same efficiency, chapter 5, verse number 33. 
I like it in the Amplified version, the latter part of Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 33. Here is what it says. So what the woman wants is love, L-O-V-E. And love to a woman is affection. And, and let me tell something. Wise men know how to set the day up. But foolish men wait till the sun goes down. And when you do that, the gates of hell will prevail against you. <laughs> you know, it's been, oh, I, oh you, are so, you are so nice. You look so beautiful. You look so nice. You're setting the stage up for later on. Are you with me now, church? Joy cometh in the morning, but you have to start at night by you are so precious. You are so oh, you are such a good mother to our children. You know, you are so nice, you're so kind, you know, and, and you're setting things up. But some people just want to do some men believe that the violence takes it by force. It don't work like that. Okay. Okay, you got some people it went over your head. You have no clue what I just said. You know. But I'm sure when you get home, you'll get it. Some of you on streaming live, I'm sure you're getting what I'm talking about. So, so Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 33. However, let each man of you without exception love his wife as being in a sense his very own self. Now let's see what it tells the woman now. And let the wife see that she does what church. Come on, help me. The wife should do what church. Respects and reverence her, uh, her husband. And then it goes down to break it down. That word respect means that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him. And that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. So what does he want? He wants respect. Some women, and just because you make more money than your husband, is no I don't care if you have 10 degrees. I, I don't care how much money you make. If you want to do it God's way, you must respect him and honor him. I'm telling you, honor him. Respect him. Value him. The Bible says you praise him. Look, I told my wife, I said, look, whenever I finish preaching, I want you to praise me. Okay, when we first got married, let me tell you, when we first got married, on our way home, I'll be playing the CD. You know why I'm playing the CD? I want her to praise me. I said, Kai, you brought it today. But I discovered that she was not getting it. So instead of traumatizing her by playing the CD, I'm just going to tell her what I want. No, so I told her, I said, I want you to praise me. I, I want you to praise me. Oh, but pastor, aren't we supposed to praise God? Yes, but God is not, is not jealous if you praise your husband. God ain't got no problem with that. He puts it there that you should do what? You should praise him. You make more money and check this out. 
even if it's your house and he moves in, still respect him. But this is my house. And if you don't like it, there go the door, baby. Huh. That may be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, pastor, I like to tell it like it is. You are a fool if you, that's your, your mindset. A wise person doesn't let it all out. You know, the mark of Christianity, the mark of maturity is, not, is your ability to exercise self-control. I want, how many of you, some, you want to cut somebody out? You feel them coming right from your belly. But self-control say, Mm-mm, I ain't going there today. Why are you looking at me like that? Don't, haven't you had issues like that in your marriage, in your friends, in your relationship? But you exercise custom. A mark, one of the things that shows that you're a matured person is because you have a filtration system. You don't just say it all out like that. The Bible says that wisdom is demonstrated by discipline, self-control. And as a woman, and you saw women, they have, they can dress their men down. They can dress him. You are nothing when I met you. Look at you now. See, your haircut was this way. Yeah, you better be glad I'm in your life. Before I came there, <laughs> you and your family, oh, Lord, have mercy. You better thank God. Man, that's so bad, man. But when we got married, my wife was making way more money than me. She was making way much, much money than me. But I sat her down. I said, let me tell you something. You don't have to tell me I love you. And I will not doubt you love me. But the day you disrespect a brother, I can't handle it. But we live in a society now whereby the woman makes more money and she feels that that is the right to put the man down and talk to him anyhow. Well, I bought this house. This is my house. Folks, it's such a, you are blessed to be in that position. You should use it for the betterment of the family and not use it to tear the men down. That's the society we live in today. You know, because you saw it on TV, because you see it on television. Yeah, but when that TV show was over, you don't know what happened later on. We are Christ followers. We follow the word of God. We do what the word of God says. The Bible says, praise him. Appreciate him. Tell your husband, I appreciate you how you go to work every day. Thank you for how you work so hard. I appreciate you. I, every day you speak those words into his life. Thank you so much. Find something that is good at and just begin to praise him in that very area. Can I get him in church? You know, when we first got married the first year, my wife was driving a BMW uh, uh, 5, uh, 535 and, and I, I went and washed it and I came and before she came back from work, you know, and when she came back from work, I was just going around the car because I wanted to notice it. She didn't even see it. She just walked right in. So I have to tell her, I said, I want you to see, I said, for me, praise is important to me. I like, I like you to praise me. If I do anything, if you want more of it. So whatever you celebrate multiplies. I'm trying to keep you after the divorce court. Amen. Hey, women keep his house clean. Some. Mm. Okay. Let's, let's keep the crib clean. Let's, let's keep it clean, man. 
men, I don't know, but I don't know if I'm speaking for, 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 for every man here, but still, they like, to, they like to, to come to a house and be clean. But not only do they like to keep their house clean, but you as a wife, here's what some women do. They used to put makeup, eyelashes, wig, and the whole thing. But after they've gotten married, the wig has gone. The eyelashes has gone. The, the, red, the lipstick is gone and everything is gone. And the woman said, wait a minute, you sold me an okidok. This is how you got started. This is how you got me. Why are you going to leave me now, man? This is what attracted me to you. Keep it now. Keep it going. Man likes to be in the company of a good looking woman. Okay, he goes to the office. The secretary is smelling good, nice perfume. By the way, men, if you want your women to wear perfume, you buy them perfume. My wife cannot remember the last time she bought a perfume. I like what, you know, I will make sure. I'm always constantly inspecting her perfume collections. And I'm the chief supplier. I want to make sure that she has all the perfume that she needs because i like that but some women once they get married they they've snatched the week and they don't even know where it is anymore they are not doing their hair anymore you just let yourself go like that that's called bait and switch Let me stick to my note because our time is really going. So, Keep his house clean. Keep yourself clean. You know, even men, personal hygiene is important. Personal hygiene for the men and for the woman. Keep, take a bath. <laughs> yeah, take a bath. <laughs> yeah, put some, you know, smell good. You know, smell good, your breath. You know, all that is a turn off in the bedroom, I'm telling you. I don't, I don't care how, okay, defer to him. Let me just stick to the next point. Defer to him. Defer to him. Yeah, keep yourself clean, man. You know, smell good, look good, dress well. We live in America whereby it doesn't you don't have to go to neiman Marcus. you can go to ross and still be well dressed no, i'm telling you you don't have to spend a lot of money in this very place here you know change some things every now and then change your your head and um, let me tell you something if you have a hairstyle that your husband doesn't like you need to change it i'm telling you there was a couple here that the, the man changed his hairstyle and the wife says she doesn't like that hairstyle he says i'm grown well you're gonna be groanly on your own if you want to do it like this so they came to see me i said no if your wife says she doesn't like this hairstyle change the hairstyle cut it and by the way, I was looking at the previous hairstyle and I said, and I don't like that hairstyle either. 
Well, he was a man who listens to counsel. He changed the hairstyle. And now they are smiling. They are, they are happy. They are watching me right now and streaming live. Yeah. Am I helping you this morning, church? Defer to him. It's all in the... Have you ever asked a pastor? I tried to speak to some men. Their women will not let them even say anything. You ask the husband something. Ah, said, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your husband. Can you let him be the man God called him to be? I mean, I've asked a, a man question, and before he can open up his mouth, she, she has all the answers. Let him be him now. Let him talk. He is not a mute or a deaf. He can talk. <laughs> Defer to him. Even though you know the answer, let him. Give him room. You know? Well, I got saved before him. It doesn't matter. Well, I know more scripture than he does. I don't care how many scriptures you do. Oh, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Defer uh, to him. The other one is that uh, love him by giving him sex. Well, Pastor, you say it on Sunday morning. Well, where else am I going to say it if not Sunday morning? So a couple were fasting. They were fasting. They were fasting for 21 days. And the husband said, in the middle of the fasting, um... I want something. The woman said, the devil is a liar. We are fasting. I said to the woman, give the man what he wants. The pastor, we are fasting. Let me put it this way. So this is the way God operates, Abby. Um, uh, well, you see, I was going to answer your prayer. But it's during your 21 days fasting. Because you were intimate. This is why I'm not even answering your prayer. That's not the way God operates. So if you are married. And, and you say you want to go on. You want to go on in the fasting. And the man said me too I'm fasting. But I need a break. I need to reset my button now. You need to go ahead and give him what he wants. So. God is not going to hold you. God is, God is not like that. I know some of you watching me now, some of you say, Pastor, you, the, the devil is a liar. No, I'm not. A, the devil is not a liar. Yes, he's a liar. But I'm not the liar. I'm trying to help your marriage relationship, man. I'm trying to help you. Because, listen to me. When a man hasn't had sex, he is not hearing a married man. He, look, he's not hearing with this ear here. This is no things happening here. Kai. Don't focus on his weaknesses. Don't, don't, don't focus on his weaknesses. Oh, now you, there are some women, they have a list of, the, on, 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 on October 20th at 9 o'clock, 1966, you say this to me. Some people keep a black book. Yeah, I mean, they keep a, love does not keep the record of wrongs. First Corinthians chapter 13. Love doesn't do that. The other day you did this. The other day you did this. If God were to keep account 
of your wrongdoing, you would not be alive today. If God doesn't keep your record of wrongs, why should you do that as well? And while I'm here, let me talk to some of you who are not yet married. Single people. Anything you compromise to get, you will lose it eventually. Let me share this with you. You can't improve on God. There are single, and folks, as Christ followers, we don't, we don't relate or behave the way those who are not saved behave. Because single, we are copying the world. We are trying to behave like them. We're trying to do whatever they do. We want to do that. But the, Jesus said, you are not, even though you are in the world, you are not of the world. He said, don't copy the behavior of the world. Don't behave like them. What are they doing? You are not yet married, but you want to move in together. Really? Well, they are doing it on TV. Yeah, but you are not of this world. You see, you are very quiet right now. I need to plow that one a little bit because that's what a lot of people are doing today. Here you are, you just met a man. And you are ready to discount on day one. You don't even know who this man is. Discount me, you are ready to give him sex on day one. Why will you be uncovering yourself to somebody you don't even know yet? There is no commitment there. And when they finish with you, next. No, they're going to the other person. When you move a man or a woman to live with you, oh no, the man, here's the man. The man says, why pay for the cow if the milk is free? And many of you single women, uh, you, are, you, are, you are going out, you are trying to play. Uh, let me share this scripture with you. Deuteronomy chapter 22. No, I have to round up, man, because my time is up already, man. I need to round up. This, you're going to be hearing more of this throughout this month here. You're going to know where, look at what the scripture says. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You want us to walk this thing here? Do not plow donkey on one side. You know what the scripture called donkey? This is a, a you know what the scripture called donkey? Uh, ass. That's what they call it. No, don't look at me like that. The, the others, right? Okay. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. There are some women who are dating an ass. That's the scriptures. You know, I love you like much love. I love you. I love you, man. I love you guys, man. You know. No, no, why will you pack your stuff, allow a man to move in with you? There is no commitment. Where he gave me a ring, he gave three other people the same ring as well. That ain't nothing. He can keep you recycling the same ring. He finished with you, give me back my ring, because Susie's waiting for my ring. 
this is where I am. You can say, well, it's my life. I can do whatever I want. Folks, I am talking to you from the place of a pastor and a father who cares for you, who loves you. I care about you. And if you start on a bad foundation, if you start wrongly, if you start wrongly, you know, why will you, why will, and here's another thing now that is happening out there now. When a, when a man started going out with a woman, the man will tell the woman to send him naked pictures. You don't know where that picture will end tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think it's a wise thing to do. Once you get married, you are committed. Look, you can, do, you can send him anything you want. But to send him now, now, no element of surprise. Paul picks it up in the New Testament in Second Chronicles chapter Second uh, Corinthians chapter six verse number fourteen. He said, "Don't be don't be yoked together with an unbeliever. Do not be yoked unequally yoked together." with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness why is it that god does not want it is it possible for somebody to come to church and they are still an unbeliever just because somebody comes to church don't make them a believer if i go sleep in my garage tomorrow i won't turn into a range rover so just come into church is a wonderful thing but that's not going to take it somebody has to have a relationship with god you know why you know why god doesn't want the men to take you away from him he doesn't want the woman to take you away from him it's vice versa god doesn't want them to take you away from your commitment to god your prayer life you are serving you are involved you are plugging and now your commitment to god begins to weak weaken out i pray you hear my heart that this is not coming from the place of of bitterness or anger but it's coming from the place of love because i want to see your marriage succeed Let me tell you why you say you shouldn't plow with an, an ass and, uh, and, and an ox. They have two different fathers. Right? The ass father is different from the ox father. If you are yoked with an unbeliever, both of you got, if you marry an unbeliever, Satan becomes your father-in-law. That's exactly what you just did. Another reason is because the ox and the donkey, they have two different appetites. Their diet is different. Here you are, you love the diet of the word of God. You love fellowship. You love Jesus. You love the things of God. And now you're hooked up with somebody who has no desire for the things of God. Who tells you you don't have to tithe, you don't have to pray, you don't have to fast. He don't take all that. No, they have... No, 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 no. I want somebody that we both hunger after God. We both thirst after God. We both go after God together. We, we are both passionate. About, we can pray together at home. We can both grow together in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Another reason why is that they don't have the same strength. An ox and a donkey have two different strengths. Capacity. They don't have the same capacity. Another reason is that their mindset are different. Is the last one. Their nature is different. 
I've seen people whom, you know, when they, when they, they, they I mean, they, they love God, they begin to go after God, they begin to serve God, but when they hook up with the wrong person, start taking you to places where God is, has delivered you from. Want to take you back to drug addiction. Want to take you back to perversion. Want to take you back from a place where God has freed you from. Whoever you get should feed your appetite for God. Should, should light your fire and your passion for God. Amen. Okay, let's stand to our feet. I'm done, y'all. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for your encouragement. Did you get that this morning, church? Here's what I found out about the donkey and the, and the, the ox. <laughs> the donkey and the, and, the, and the ox, whenever they are under pressure, they react differently. They don't react the same way when you're under pressure. Folks, life has a way of putting pressure on you. You want somebody who's going to have a word reaction. Who's going to react with the word. Who's going to, who's going to, life can be, this morning I was under pressure. This morning, I was under pressure. Trying to help my son get ready, trying to get my wife get ready, trying to do all that ready, and, and there was pressure coming on. And the challenge is, I, how do you react to what is going on right now? Do, do you have a negative reaction that sets your wife up? Or do you are you gonna have a you are you gonna have a word reaction? I began to quote under my tongue: love is patient, love is kind, love is generous, love is love doesn't just love, love has self-control love are you hearing me in our church under my breath i'm confessing that and finally i said to my wife i said baby i was under what did i i forgot what i told my wife i said baby my love my fruit was tested this morning but i said no 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 love it i kept, re, kept rehearsing the scripture love is kind i need to show kindness to my wife love is patient we want to be in the church at a certain time. Well, so be it. Love is kind. We still made it here in a good time anyway. All the, and God can remind them. He said, no, I know you want to be there by a certain time. But your wife is doing her best. Can you just be patient with her? Can, can, you, can, you, be, can, you, can you show empathy? Can you put yourself in her position? If you are going through what she's going through, how will you want her to treat you? You want her to be kind toward you. You want her to be patient toward you. You want her, you, you want her to take time with you. And that's what I did this morning. I, I passed the test this morning. The donkey and the ox, when pressure comes, they react differently. I don't know if this research is true. That when also the donkey sometimes can let out, under pressure, can let out such a foul odor. You see why we want our homes to last we want our homes to succeed but if we neglect god's word if we toss it to the side if we ignore the word of god and we begin to do whatever we want to do it's going to be very painful unfortunately i see so many people going through some tough times 
And I said, well, I wish they would apply the word of God in their life. I wish they would do the word of God. Are you with me right now, church? Amen. And, and if you are here and, and you are married and you are committed to your spouse and they walked out on you, I don't want you to feel guilty or feel bad or feel less than or like anything. That's on them. That's on her. That's on, on, on him. God loves you. God cares about you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep going for God. Are you hearing me in our church? Hello church. Amen. No, because what people do is that here you are. You've made the investment with your spouse. You guys have invested in each other. For 10 years, 20 years or some years. Then you go and pick one small girl somewhere like that. Oh, okay, you didn't hear that part. You say you are going through a midlife crisis. You need somebody to rev your engine. <laughs> so this one is not revving the engine anymore. So I need a an eight-cylinder engine. guys are very quiet this morning amen let me round up let me show my wife shared a story with me of a, of a woman in this church i said i wish you would share her story he said why it not for being in this church he said why not for the word of god and teaching the word of god she said she and her husband would have been divorced a long time ago he said but i decided to apply god's word in my life i decided to be very careful what else she said she used to have a, a flippant mouth by sitting here do you know the Bible says a foolish woman will pluck her house down, tear it down, but a wise woman will build. Proverbs chapter 14, verse number one said, The fool will pluck. Stop being a fool. A foolish man also pluck their marriage down. Don't do that. Well, I've given you what God gave me this morning. I pray that this helps you a great deal. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the message brought to you today by Overcomers Christian Fellowship. If this message has been a blessing to you, will you consider partnering with us? Your financial contribution will go towards furthering the gospel here in the United States and abroad. Overcomers Christian Fellowship greatly appreciates your contribution and pray that it is met a hundredfold. May God's countenance shine upon you and his hand steadily be upon your life. You can connect with our ministry by visiting www.ocfinternational.org.